Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis, and this is the 20th of March, 2020. And yes, we are still in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis around the world. Populations are nervous, governments are nervous, everyone's wondering what's happening. What I found most interesting is that in in the midst of all this, the panic, panic buying, the stock market crash, the self-isolation, the social distancing, there's all kinds of terms where you we're now learning as as English speakers about what to do and what not to do. What we haven't seen, and this might come as a surprise to some of us, are significant terrorist attacks since the outbreak occurred. At least not significant terrorist attacks in the West. Now, I must say that as of Friday this morning, there was an incident at the airport in Barcelona, Spain, in which two guys drove through or into the airport in Barcelona and crashed their car and were picked up by police. And according to witnesses, they were shouting something in Arabic. So the police haven't ruled out terrorism as a possibility. We're not exactly sure who they were, what the motive was, what they were trying to achieve. I had to laugh. I saw a, a tweet this morning when someone said, gee, Arabic slogans, maybe they were yelling, hey, get out of the way, the brakes don't work. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this thing. But imagine if it happened a terrorist attack. Can you imagine any more loser terrorists than two guys that drive a truck into an airport terminal in March of 2020 when all air- airlines are down, all flights have been canceled? I mean, talk about choosing a venue where nothing's gonna happen. What a bunch of wankers. You know, to the best of my knowledge, that's the only significant attack in the Western world since the COVID crisis has been launched. There have been lots of attacks in Afghanistan, lots of attacks in Somalia, lots of attacks in Nigeria. There was an attack in Mali the other day in which upwards of 30 soldiers were killed. So it's not as if terrorism hasn't occurred in the Western world since COVID-19 broke out. But it's a lot less than you might think. Because think of this, think of it this way. Because of what's happening with the crisis, we are in a manpower shortage. People are told to stay home. They're told to isolate from others, maintain social distance, which means that a lot of our agencies and organizations, including governments, private sector, public sector, are working with non-optimal staff, meaning they're working with a skeleton crew. Only necessary staff are being asked to go to work. The rest are, are, are being asked either to work from home or just take a holiday. This would extend, one would think, to law enforcement, security intelligence as well, though I don't have any accurate figures to back that up. I did read something on NPR this morning whereby the FBI says it is doing the best it can under the circumstances and that it will do its utmost to keep Americans safe. But still, you would think that terrorists would know that the world's attention is is all on the COVID-19 virus and what's happening in countries around the world. And therefore they might think or conclude that this is the great time to strike. This is the perfect time to launch something because there's a greater chance of success because the world's looking the other way. Let me put it to you this way. I've been a fan of Sherlock Holmes ever since I was a kid, and uh, both the written versions, the novels by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, as well as some of the dramatizations. My favorite is Jeremy Brett, the British actor who did a series back in the 1980s. Uh, Robert Downer Jr., not so much. But anyhow, one of the, the early uh, Sherlock Holmes stories was called the, um, the Silver Blaze. And it is known for one thing primarily, and that's this notion of what Sherlock Holmes says, the dog that didn't bark. The curious case of the dog that didn't bark. I won't go into details, but I'm wondering if terrorists in March of 2020, at least Islamist extremist terrorists, and in the Western world specifically, like I said, I'm not talking about Afghanistan, Somalia, or Nigeria, these are the dogs that don't bark. We know for a fact, and I've written about this elsewhere, that Islamic State 
has advised its members not to go to countries where COVID-19 is, is endemic. The Taliban have also talked about doing things more carefully. Of course, both groups say that COVID is a punishment from God on the usual cast of characters, Jews, Crusaders, whatever these wankers think are the, the wrong people on, on in terms of their religion. But it's interesting that these groups have essentially not down tools, but they have really scaled back their operations. So despite the fact, as I just said, that you would think it'd be an optimal time to carry a terrorist attack, these guys aren't doing it. They are the dogs that didn't bark. On the other hand, there are terrorist actors that not just me, a lot of people are getting a little bit worried about. And that's the group that we tend to label as you know, far right or white supremacist or white nationalist or neo-Nazis. I just read something that a friend had forwarded to me whereby there's a group of white nationalists that think COVID-19 is the fault of the Jews, Israel and China. You know, I wish these guys would get a little bit imaginative once in a while. It's always the Jews. It's always Israel. At least this time they're blaming China. You don't tend to see China as the kind of nefarious actor that these white supremacists refer to on a regular basis. So I guess on this occasion, it's something a little bit new. But generally speaking, it's, it's the same thing they say all the time. It's the LGBT community. It's the deep state. It's the government. It's the Jews. It's this. It's immigrants. It's Muslims. I mean, they really, really are very, very narrow-minded, unimaginative people. And I don't want to make too much of this because I know from my experience that the vast majority of people who talk about this talk about, you know, we, need, we have to launch the Boogaloo. And what's the Boogaloo? This is this race-based civil war that these wankers want to start because the government's going to come and steal their guns or take away their rights or the list goes on and on and on. The vast majority of these guys couldn't organize a piss-up in a bar. That's been my experience, both with Islamist extremism and to a lesser extent with white nationalism. I don't want to over-dramatize what these guys are capable of. The vast majority are useless. They are talkers, they are not walkers. The problem is, is that there is probably a thin wedge, a small, very small minority of those who can actually put their thoughts into action. And I think moving forward over the next couple of weeks and months, I'm a little more afraid of acts of terrorism carried out by that fringe of the terrorist sort of spectrum than the Islamist extremists. A lot of talk in the States about what happens next if the crisis goes on for months rather than weeks. Fears of food shortages, fears of restrictions in movement, fears on possible quarantines, uh, fears on or fears of governments launching either emergency measures, which is what we call them here in Canada, or God forbid, martial law where the army is pulled out to essentially make sure people obey what the government has said. And we all know that there are people in the States, especially, not to forget they have a gazillion guns in their hands, but also this notion that the government is evil and the government is against them. And the government just wants to take away your rights, take away your guns, take away your liberties, take away your choice, and essentially put you in concentration camps. This is an old trope of, of, of the far right that's been around for a very, very long time. So from a terrorism perspective, that's what I would be most concerned about. And I would be very surprised if the FBI in the United States, the RCMP and CSIS in Canada is not looking at these actors to see which ones might go beyond just blowing off steam online in social media. What small number might actually put their thoughts into action? Do the, you know, the, the propaganda of the deed actually carry something out to prove a point? Again, I don't want to overstress this. I don't think we're going to see a wave of right-wing terrorism, white nationalist terrorism, but we certainly have to be cognizant of it, and our protectors certainly have to be aware of it, which I'm sure they are. 
I hope I'm wrong. I hope that, you know, as this thing unfolds over the next few weeks and probably months, that we don't see this descent into terrorism or civil disorder or civil disobedience. But at the end of the day, I do think that we have more to fear as of March 2020, given the severity of the situation, given the nature of what's happening right now. I'm convinced we have to fear, much more to fear from far right, white nationalists, white supremacists, neo-Nazis than we do from Islamist extremists, at least in the West. It's a different story in, in the Middle East, in Asia and Africa. But as far as the West concerned, Western Europe, North America, Australia, New Zealand, it's the far right that worries me. So what do you think? Am I completely off base here? Am I missing something? I don't think I am, but I'd love to hear from you. You can always reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Borealis Saves. I'm also on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Just want to remind you that you can subscribe to all the content that I produce here on Borealis, all the blogs, quick hits, perspectives, an intelligent look at terrorism, today in terrorism, lots of material available. You can get free of charge on a daily basis to your inbox. Just go to the subscribe section of my website, www.borealisthreatenrest.com. Fill in your information and you'll receive a daily dose of thoughts about terrorism and thoughts about national security and public safety. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your ideas for future submissions, future podcasts, future blogs. I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.